You're listening to The Blizzard of Osborne by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 18. At the heart of the skirling lies a reclusive spider. After walking for a very long time, it felt like they were making no progress. The mountain road kept winding and curving and turning back on itself. At one point, they came to a massive rock streaked with a dark red stain. As they kept walking, they saw more rocks with the same red mark. A half circle swirled around a bold X. What do you think these marks mean? I assume there's some kind of sign. Maybe directions. Yeah, well, you know what they say. When you assume, you make an A-S-S of U-M-E. These symbols look like a crude version of Nebulian script, possibly a dialect of one of the nomadic tribes in this realm. Let's just hope it's not a skirling territory marker. A skirling patrol mounted on bellowing camel rams charged around a bend in the wood. Several warriors dismounted and approached. Two of them seized me, myself, and I. Two more grabbed Cassie. You're hurting me! A lasso was thrown around Assam's neck, and a hooded soldier picked Sly up with a long forked stick and tossed him into a sack.
nearly invisible until they passed through its gates was a great wall woven of silk dyed the same color as the surrounding sand dunes. Cassie, Jet, Sly, me, myself, and I, and Assam, all bound together by a braided rope of the same silk, were led like cattle into the skirling encampment. A squad of mounted soldiers led them toward a ring of brightly colored tents. Outside the largest tent, bright red and octagon-shaped, sat a glowering man bedecked in an ornate costume. Three warriors approached Cassie, me, myself, and I, and Assam from behind and shoved the butt end of their lances behind their knees. <coughs> All kneel before the great... King Hobajah! A warrior draped in black, red, and white silk genuflected before the king and whispered something in his ear. The king glared at the strangers kneeling before him. State your names and business. As for me, I come from the River Orange. That's where I met Cassie first. Hey, take it easy. You, little girl, answer the king. I come from Osborne, North Dakota, by way of Biloxi, Mississippi. Silence! You, Eggman! Would you please leave off with that devilish prod, sir? Can you not see that I am made of fragile stuff? Oh, I'm made of fragile stuff. <laughs> and how do you explain yourself, jackass? I'll have you know you're dressing a purebred Andalusian stallion, sir. <laughs> now, is your little cat a freak, too? Like the snake and the ass, does it also speak? She's not a freak, and she speaks her own language. Maintaining silence in the face of uncertainty is admirable. I think so. Then why don't you take a lesson from your little cat and shut your mouth? Hey, it is clear to me that you do not know where you are. I don't know what brings you to this realm, and I suspect you don't either, but it is fortunate for you. That you do not hail from Palafoxes, I would disembowel you on the spot. <laughs> As it is, I feel I owe you the courtesy of showing you where you are and why the Skirling are the greatest of all the tribes in the Empire. Come. Sun and wind. This is the soul of the desert. Only fools deny this. And fools die, killed by sun and wind. From these elements come our native crafts, weaving and flying. Behold the genius of skirling invention. King Hubaija spread his arms out, encompassing the bright tents all around. These tents are the envy of the entire leaven. They are ultra-lightweight, perfect as we are a nomadic people. They protect us from the killing sun and hateful winds. The Skirling have roamed this desert for thousands of cloners. As you can see, we are survivors. And the reason we survived is because we have adapted and developed a unique and complex living arrangement. The king led his guests into a series of tents filled with row after row of women and girls weaving skeins of fabric, never daring to glance up from their veils. There are many tribes in this realm of the empire, and most are nomadic, but only Skirling have mastered the art of this extraordinary fabric, which lies at the heart of our culture. 
The Scarling live and die to hold our monopoly on Sa, the source material of this wondrous silk. It is the foundation of our economy. Whereas the Shi'av hold the main resources of Gan, the basis of crude fuel, and the Baikan monopolize the main supply of fresh oil, Skirling provide the entire region with Sa, from which countless invaluable products are derived. Flanked on either side by his guards, King Hubaisha left the weaving tents and entered into a dark vault carved into the side of a massive rock outcrop. The secret behind this miracle fabric lies deep within the caves of the Kirkut Mountains, specifically within the silk-producing glands of the Bellisperus spider, a rare albino arachnid. As King Hubaija explained this, me, myself, and I wondered why he was sharing so much information with them. According to legend, the Queen Bellisperus spider can subsist for clonus on little more than spring water and moonlight. Yet its silk is renowned for having exceedingly lightweight and miraculously strong tensile qualities. Vats of bright dye interconnected by colored tubing were mounted on racks and tended by workers. We trade the woven fabric to neighboring tribes for jute, millet, pottery, and steel. The fabric is dyed in rainbow colors and woven into an array of materials for clothing and shelter. Ultra-lightweight weaves are bleached white and serve as the coolest possible garment for protection from the sun. Scarling tents are prized for their 100% moisture-proof properties, as well as their ability to insulate against freezing desert nights. The king brought them along to a vast, overarching structure enshrouded by more of the dyed silk. Perhaps the most remarkable use of Sa is in the manufacture of Ardinka. The king pointed to a flock of brightly colored kites of many shapes and sizes darting about. Dinka design and manufacturing has a long tradition in skirling culture. The first Dinka were, like their so-called kites, launched for pleasure and amusement. But over time, contests evolved to determine who could make the highest flying Dinka, the largest Dinka, the funniest Dinka, the scariest Dinka. Legend has it that Carius the Elder invented a so-called boomerang dinka, one that was launched without a tether and allowed to sail away freely, but would eventually return to its master. So complex and esoteric was its design, only three boomerang dinka were ever created. Unfortunately, the secret behind the boomerang dinka burned, along with Carius the Younger, when the parchment plans on which it was drawn went up in flames along with the tent and the harem inside it after a fire broke out in the midst of a hashish orgy. <clears throat> ha! Forgive me. I, I get carried away when I speak of our glorious scarling past. You must be starving by now. I know I am. I could eat a horse. Now don't even think about it. Well... None of you have eaten until you've dined on Skirling Cuisine. Underlings, prepare a feast for our hapless visitors. <laughs> Every 
next. The real reason for the Skirling's unexpected hospitality is revealed. And it's a shocker.